Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Breaking news, WABC. And the breaking news is not that I'm back. I am back from London, but first, uh, I understand there was an FBI raid uh, this afternoon on... Uh, uh, in the Bronx and uh, Curtis Lewa, you know something about it? Yep, Pelham Parkway area. Uh, it was targeted at Winnie Greco, who has been a fundraiser for Eric Adams, the mayor, since he was Brooklyn Borough president. Her base of operation is Sunset Park in Brooklyn. That's why the Eastern District was handling this case, unlike the previous case, when they swooped in on his fundraiser, Brianna in Crown Heights. That was the Southern District. But uh, people were talking about Winnie Greco at the annual Lunar Chinese uh, New Year Day Parade in Sunset Park on Saturday where I was. That's why I sent you the picture of me and the two pandas. Uh, and they were suggesting that she was in uh, in serious trouble. And uh, you, you, you had speculation. You said to me that uh, uh, that she uh, has a red Chinese connection. Yeah, she's been questioned about that openly, both in the Chinese media and American media. And she says, of course, I have connections to mainland China. It is the country that represents the Chinese, and I'm proud to have connections with Red China. All right. That's problematic. Understood. Thank you, uh, Curtis. Yeah, Lee Curtis, Ross. thank you. And the only thing I would say, uh, Curtis, you may be wrong on this one a little bit. Uh, yes, the FBI raided, but it's the Eastern District versus the Southern District. And it, it, then, but Brooklyn was where they got uh, uh, Mayor Adams' other fundraiser. The other, the first one, so, right? So uh, one of the speculations could be, and I'm not saying we know because we don't know, is that it might be a different case than uh, the one might involve Mayor Adams. It's a possibility. It's a possibility. But you know what? I want to say it's interesting, John. Let's talk about the timing. Because first he complains about Biden, he's on the flight down there, and then one fundraiser gets raided. Then he speaks out and says that those who have committed crime should be deported if they're illegal immigrants. And I'm going to give and him to ICE. And now this happens. Yes, I'm and gonna I'm going to give him ice. And now this happens. And now I don't believe in happens. coincidences, John. I don't know about All you. Right. I'll, have more, I'll have more information tomorrow with Sid right. in the morning at 7.05. Uh, at 7.05 with it. Sid, okay? I won't let you wait till 5.05 when we're on. Thank you. Thank you, Curtis Lewa. <laughs> and uh, Ed Cox, there was big news in New York big State. Big news. Yes. We finally got maps for our congressional seats. And guess what? What? They're same as they were a year and a half ago for Bravo. 2022. Bravo. Congratulations. No real change after a year and a half of confusion, uh, courts that were fixed, and all Sorts of so corruption. The right, thing, the right thing happened. The right thing happened. The end. Maybe the, God loves us. <laughs> no, the legislature gave up. They waved the white flag and said, "Okay, we're going to accept it." As we don't but want cops. They didn't have to. Hey, they 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 thought we were good and we were going to litigate it if right. they if they did something that was unconstitutional. We won last time and we would have won again. Well, and, I'm glad you and, did and, it. So uh, they David, waved the white flag. David Patterson, what say you about this? You're on the other side. He was the he's the he is the GOP chairman. You were the DNC. Chairman or the Democratic National State Committee. In 2004, I sued the legislature uh, over the redistricting lines at the time. I was a minority leader of the New York State Senate for the exact same reasons that the Republicans took the action they did last year. And I got um, 
absolutely zero. Uh, so they told you to pound sand. Circuit, <laughs> yeah, they told me to pound sand. They told me more than that. But, and, uh, <laughs> oh, those were the bad old days, Governor. <laughs> By the way, you also have some new news on Hofstra. Fill us in on Hofstra. What's going on in Long Island? I understand well, there's a problem, uh, and uh, Bruce Blakeman is going to come on later on. Uh, because there's a problem with the casino. They pulled the ground lease on well, the casino in uh, Nassau County. Well, the uh, the court ruled that the open meetings law was violated in putting together the legislative action that approved the casino. But uh, they're going to have to go back and do it over based on the court's decision. Now, Me- who pulled who pulled the lease or who made the lease look bad? I well, I guess the the county and the county legislature did not have the meetings open to the public where they could. Uh, and, who, who made, and who made that decision? Was it made by uh, the, the Democrats, Republicans? What you mean to go to court? No, to 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 decide to make the announcement that the lease is no good. Uh, the, the announcement was made by the judge who ruled in the case. So the judge and. The judge said that they didn't comply with judge New York Right. The <laughs> judge said that they did not comply with New York State Open Meetings Yeah, but the law. judge right. didn't wake up one morning and no, say, I'm right. going to decide somebody, that. Somebody, 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 brought a lawsuit. somebody brought a lawsuit. There was a violation of the Open Meetings Was law. it because, uh, because uh, uh, Bruce Blakeman yelled at, at Governor Hochul? No, it had nothing to do with that. Hofstra brought the lawsuit against the and county. And Hofstra of- somehow was, in, was involved with uh, Cohen from the Mets. Well, what what when Bruce Blakeman comes on, he can explain that to us. But all I can say, oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That's juicy, a lot juicy, of juicy. But all I can say is that, like others who have been bidding in this process, we went to Hofstra and met with the Hofstra president, who sat there for thirty minutes. I wasn't there, but apparently sat there for thirty minutes and didn't even let the uh, president of the Sands and the other people there speak. And told them thank you for the meeting, and you know basically kicked them out. And she has waged a campaign herself to try to stop, uh, uh, you know, the uh, Long Island Casino from existing. But she's gone even beyond that because a um, a. So how many casinos can there be? There's only going to be three. They're gonna and, and if Steve Cohen has one for the Mets. And the other one is no. the Aqueduct. I no. mean, we're losing track. One of them will probably go to Yonkers. It's the MGM facility. And one will probably go to uh, Genting, whose facility is by Aqueduct, because they have operated the video lottery terminals with no crime in that area. And, and Let me been- ask you a, a silly question by a, a layman. I'm just a simple grocery. Right. I, I've heard that how line much before. Money, <laughs> how much money in lobbying fees can be collected before the decision is made, who gets the casinos? Probably an infinite amount. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, but, and we but, have somebody coming up, I got to ask you uh, about London. You were in London. Um, three days. Uh, tell us about it. Three, tell us about three it. Three days and three nights. Let me tell you something about London. It's a great city. Uh, my kids and my uh, Margo, and we went with a group of about 11 people, Father Alex, and, uh, uh, and if there's a city, if you can't live in the United States, what city would you live in? Uh, almost all, everybody said London. You know what happened in London? City. You know what? Another thing, I never the mentioned this. The phone is great. 
The people speak English. You know and who? It, it, but the congestion pricing doesn't work. I was about to say. They rolled it back from London. Let's be clear. Yes. For us to get, uh, we went, uh, we were celebrating, you know, uh, uh, Prince Charles is 50% Greek. And you met Camilla. And, uh, yes. And, and, and you got to remember another thing that uh, King Constantine, who was a good friend of mine. Right. Uh, along with the Queen and King Constantine, uh, passed away, uh, a few months ago, six months ago. I we went to Cuba with him. Yes. Remember? Yes. yes. And, and the fact is that, uh, uh, this was a memorial service for King Constantine that King Charles was giving. And we went to the Windsor uh, Castle and we went to the St. George uh, cathedral, cathedral yep. at the Windsor Castle. There was a, a, a beautiful ceremony in honor of uh, King Constantine. How beautiful! All the royals were there. I get, but King Charles, I guess, wasn't up to it. But Camille was there, and New York royalty and came because you came. <laughs> well, we got, we had well, well, John Kerry was there. Oh and, wow! Uh, Interesting. Uh, he wants to come on the show. Uh, we, Can't uh, wait to ask him about and, uh, climate change. Anyway, and, and we went to we went through the entire castle. And you know what song most of us sang? Green Acres is the place to be. <laughs> if they paid me a million dollars a year or ten million a year to live at Windsor Castle, you wouldn't do it. It's beautiful, but I wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. You I'd wouldn't do it. A fifth that Park Avenue is the, the place, place to, to be. be. Exactly, John. You said it was going to good food. You're going to the destroy the British uh, reputation. We went. So, uh, he kept little, going we to French to restaurants. You guys I said. know. I know. We're, that's why we're like French, Greek, and the Happy Halibut was the, the one. The next day, okay, all right. The, I'm trying to get everything in. The next day, we went to Saint Sophia, which is the Greek Orthodox cathedral, and had another ceremony uh, for the royal family, uh, the Greek royal family. Oh wow! And we all went out to Milos. Lunch and it, it was. We'll talk more about it another time. I can't. By the way, my parents met in London. So and then they came over on the Queen Mary. So I have a fond. So yeah. love bloomed. Yeah. So love uh, bloomed in London. And I remember me. meeting King Constantine at yes. the funeral of the Shah yes. uh, wow. in Cairo. Beautiful. Yeah. King uh, Constantine yeah. was in Havana with me. And, yes. Uh, yes. Rita yeah. and I Margo remember. And and uh, he convinced uh, um, uh, Castro, Castro to build the Greek church that they had. Burned down or torn down. Yeah, first one, and that's first how the one, Greek yeah. Church in Cuba, Havana came about. King Constantine asked Castro to do it, and out of respect to the king, he built it. Yeah, that was amazing. Well, speaking, Let's go to Texas. speaking of that amazing, sword? yeah, there, he's working on it. But by the way, speaking of amazing, uh, I felt like I was looking, John, and everybody in two different worlds today. You see Biden there, and he's like by a little boat in the border, and you see Trump. And he's looking at the razor wire and what's going on. Joining us now to talk about what's happening, the two presidents, current and former, dueling there, if you will, appearances at the border. I think it's the first time ever. Congresswoman Beth Van Dyne from the great state of Texas. And Congresswoman, thank you for being here. Uh, your reaction, first of all, about President Biden being there at the border, which he broke. Well, I do want to say something because I was listening to your last speaker talking about, you know, Park Park Place is the way to be. Park Avenue is the way place to be. Uh-uh. You could not pay me to live in New York. <laughs> Doc, yeah, where's my Texas song? Doc, Doc. Now, a little trivia. Who are the actresses that sing those songs? You, you never watch the show Green Acres? Green Acres? Of course I did. What did John Travis say? You couldn't pay me to live in New York right now. I love Texas. 
<laughs> it is a mess. I, listen, I've been to Texas, and I think Texas is a great state, too. It is. But what a mess it is down there now, Congressman. And what thank is- you. Thank you, all your Texans, for defending those borders yep. and defending the people uh, of Texas, because you're doing the right thing. Yes. And what are we seeing? We're getting we're getting sued by the Biden administration because they're not doing their job and they're embarrassing the Biden administration because they're being forced to have to enforce federal laws which is talking about invasion. And when you look at, you think about the 10 million plus people who have entered our country illegally since Biden came in, when you look at his policies that directly led to it, it is exactly what this is. It is an invasion of our country. And you look at Governor Abbott down there with former President Trump right now. And as you said, they're at Eagle Pass. They are at ground zero of where we're seeing people enter our country illegally. He is, he is doing the work. He is the difference, the dichotomy between both of these presidents. When you look at Biden, who is so obviously forcefully staged, the only reason he even went down there was because Trump was down there and he didn't want to give him that photo op. But instead of actually going to ground zero and being where the action is and talking to the agents on the ground that are having to deal with this on a daily basis, he's in Brownsville, the 29th you know, busiest um, um, uh, place where people are crossing, obviously in a sanitized picture area, being very controlled. When you look at the, you know, what, what he has done to create that versus, you know, um, President Trump, who brought the policies to, to fruition, executed on those policies that actually did get our border under control. And, and you know, and, and, and you know, and Congresswoman, secure. nothing uh, epitomizes sadly more than this horrible death of the Georgia nursing student, Lakin Riley, who, and, and she came, Lincoln, uh, by the way, the attacker Riley, came through New way. York. Yes, exactly. Came yeah. through New York, let out, uh, let out also, it turns out in Athens, Georgia. Uh, there are so many, a repeat offender, Illegal migrant who lived right down the street from where she was murdered, uh, disfigured her skull. Uh, and you know how devastating that is. And yet this president so far today, correct me if I'm wrong, I have not seen him even say her name because he doesn't want to draw attention to his wide open borders. You could contend his policies created this moment. This is a nursing student. She was 22 years old, middle name Hope. He was jogging on her college campus when she was brutally, ruthlessly attacked and murdered by someone who should not even have been in the country. And the reason why he was released, it was on the mass parole. That was a policy that Mayorkas, with the bidding of Biden, put into place. It's against our laws. There should be no mass parole. This is one of the basis for our impeachment of Mayorkas just a few weeks ago. If without that policy, that murder would never have been allowed to happen. How many more Lake and Rileys are we going to have happen in our country before Biden and the other Democrats step up and they start taking control and enforcing our laws? They had the policies in place when they came into office. They took them one by one off the table and in, in place of things like remain in Mexico in building of the wall. Instead of that, they put catch and release, which made our Customs and Border Patrol basically cab drivers. It made our southern border bus stops where people could come, wait, would get picked up, and then would be put on a plane to go to places like New York and Chicago and L.A., to get um, uh, any place in the country, all around the country. And we have seen such an uptick in, in, in Mexican cartel um, 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 
uh, crimes in our in our in our country, and I know this for for firsthand by having uh, law enforcement roundtables in my community, where you're getting our sheriffs and our police chiefs together, and you're talking about the uptick in the types of crimes that they're seeing, whether or not it's sex trafficking, child trafficking, fentanyl, and drug-related deaths and seizures. That is what we're seeing in our communities. It is a direct result of what Biden is doing. And, and you know, the policies that you're looking at, why are they putting this in place? And I think Yvette Clark from New York said it clearly. You're looking at states like California and Texas that are losing congressional districts because their populations are catching on to the horrible policies that they have, and they are moving to places like Texas and Florida. So in order to make sure that they've got the population to be able to maintain their congressional seats, that is why you're seeing 10 plus million people in our country illegally. It's amazing. And we just have a few seconds left. I know Judge Weinberg has a quick question for you, Congresswoman. Uh, Congresswoman, and today a federal judge in Texas set aside the law that uh, Texas, under the leadership of Governor Abbott and the state legislature, gave him the right for the state of Texas to arrest and deport illegal migrants, was blocked. A preliminary injunction was set down against that pending the appeal. This was an attempt by Governor Abbott and the state legislature to protect Texas against this invasion where there's a failure under the federal constitution to protect the states. What say you? I'd say that I think that was a tremendously uh, poor decision by that judge. That being said, it should be something Texas doesn't have to do, but it's being forced to do because the federal government isn't doing its job. I know that Abbott has already talked about appealing that ruling. I I will support them tooth and nail to make sure that that happens. But again, this billions of dollars of of costs that the state is having, the Operation Lone Star, that they are having to invest because the Biden administration continues with the open borders. And the state of Texas has taken it, unlike any other state, the most when we look at the number of get- getaways, the fentanyl deaths, five Texans a day are dying as a result. Is, is of the fentanyl. National Guard been called up uh, at all? Oh, well, you're seeing not only the National Guard, but you're also seeing all the states stepping in. And I really hope that every well, state takes the example of Texas and starts implementing this if the federal government's not going to do you it. You bet. Thank you so you much bet. for coming on. Thank and, you, Congresswoman. Uh, in, in Thank your you. honor. Yeah, we've got a little music here, a little Stars tribute to Texas. Are big and bright, deep in the heart of Texas. And love, yeah, I we love, love Texas, and we and thank you for fighting you. the fight for all Americans. Thank you, thank, thank you. you so much, Congressman. We, we appreciate now? it. And joining us now, we have Kevin Sabet, and Kevin is joining us about a big study that just came out that shows marijuana is as lethal, if you will, and as dangerous as it is to as smoking cigarettes. And also, it brings in so many questions. People are saying, wow, that it has just as much of an impact and just as devastating. And this is a Massachusetts study. Uh, Kevin, fill us in, because I know you know a lot about this. Uh, you are with the group Smart Approaches to Marijuana, SAMS. And this, to me, should be a big reminder to people, don't use marijuana. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, it's been, look, at every week there's a new study that's proving that today's marijuana is not the Woodstock weed of the 60s, 70s, and 80s, or even 90s. It's been genetically bred to be completely different. We're talking 99% potency versus 5% potency. It's just an order of magnitude different. And so we're seeing these these horrible outcomes. This new study, very prominent study, the most prominent journal when it comes to hearts, basically showing that 
um, even occasional use is associated with uh, significant outcome, negative outcomes for your heart. Um, very similar to found, found in tobacco smokers. And, you know, we always thought tobacco was the only one to worry about. In reality, because of what's, what the marijuana is today, um, it's, it's just becoming extremely harmful. And so this is increasing the risk of a heart attack for people that don't even have a heart problem. Never mind the issue with mental health, psychosis, schizophrenia, learning, the eight-point IQ loss that you can expect if you're a teenager using. I mean, it's, it's a disaster. And unfortunately, there's a massive, really, lobby out there that's just trying to make money. That's what legalization is about. They're ruining where we live. New York, the, the only thing New York is associated with in terms of the smell now is marijuana. That's it. And we really need to start pumping the brakes on the normalization of it. And, so, Kevin, we so, got Ed Cox. So, Kevin, if someone is high on marijuana and they're driving – and they get stopped because they're waving and the police stop them. How can you measure the, like measure that with alcohol, but how can you measure the, the marijuana uh, drug in their, in their veins? We don't have a good way of that. We can measure it and their workplace is measuring it. Of course, when there's an accident or there's a pre-employment, you know, sort of drug test, by the way, those are skyrocketing. So construction workers, truck drivers, pilots, doctors, their use is even going up and it's all part of legalization. So, it, but, but the reality is when someone's driving, you know, you usually are drawing blood. The saliva tests are not um, super reliable yet. The technology is not there. We're never going to have a 0.08 standard, I don't think. Um, but also what complicates it is because THC absorbs in your fat and is in your system longer, people often think they're not high anymore and they're fine because they, maybe they got high in the morning and they're driving now at night or even the next day. And studies are now showing, there was a huge study out a month ago, showing that even two weeks after using marijuana and not feeling it anymore, you could still have negative impacts. That's, that's the kind of drug we're talking about today. Wow, that is scary stuff. Well, thank you very much, Kevin Sabit. We really appreciate everything you're doing there. Smart approaches to marijuana. This is eye-opening and just another reminder of the dangers of marijuana. Great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Uh, Rita, I think we have to take a break. And when we come back. We have uh, NYPD Chief of Patrol John Shell, who is sick of seeing these repeat offenders back out on the streets. He is livid. We're going to talk about some new cases and what's going on and how tough it is to be a man or woman in blue in NYPD. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, there is so many different cases right now of these repeat offenders in New York. We see it over and over again. There's also been attacks near near and in the migrant shelters. And joining us to talk about all of this is the NYPD Chief of Patrol, John Shell. Chief, we love having you on. Uh, you're such a straight talker, and we pray for our men and women in blue every day. Uh, there was this case, and, and I don't blame you. You were furious. Tell us about this guy who was, he's accused of pickpocketing on the subway, robberies over and over again. It's what, a sixth arrest this year, four felonies? Right. Sixth arrest this year, uh, 40 plus arrests for his career, 28 convictions. And once again, he is in our transit system, this time carrying uh, felony narcotics. Uh, they got arrested for a stolen phone from a pickpocket. He's prolific. 
and the cops do a good job and make the arrest like they're supposed to, trying to keep transit as safe as possible. The DA asks for uh, 30000 over 10000 bail, so there you go. And the judge had an obligation based on the bail reform of bail reform, where this person was eligible for bail based on his past and current open cases, and she let him walk out the door. Uh, this is not personal towards the judge. Okay, we are in the business. That's the police department, the DA's office, and judges. We are one team working together to make sure we keep New York City safe. And in this particular incident, incident, this doesn't keep New Yorkers safe. He's back out there right now somewhere on the train looking for his next victim. Governor, and, and, and Chief Shell, Governor Patterson, yeah. what would you do if you were still governor in, in that case? Well, I think that was one of the errors in the bail reform bill that could have been corrected because you just can't have this uh, prolific rise in arrest for one person without some point uh, putting them away for a while. Well, when I had Governor Hochul on last week on Sunday, I said, to, at what point do we put these people away? They don't belong in civilization. It used to be under Rockefeller, three strikes and you're out. Is it five? Is it 10? Is it 15 strikes and you're out? I mean, we, we need, I think the citizens of New York deserve to feel safe. Yeah, Judge Weinberg? Let me uh, let me talk about a, a dirty little secret about the judicial system. Having sat in a criminal court and state supreme court, and having done thousands of arraignments, I fault the state legislature and the previous governor and the current governor for not changing the state legislation. I fault them on a regular basis. This one falls on the feet of this judge. She was a civil court judge. She's elected out of the Bronx. The people who vote in these judicial elections have no idea who they're voting for. I have no idea about her background. She's sitting by assignment in criminal court. She has no business sitting in criminal court. She doesn't know the first thing about criminal <laughs> no, no, court. She has no clue. She doesn't have a clue. And Your it's Honor. a very little secret that you don't have enough. Spoken by Your Honor. a judge. Yes. And I'm telling uh, you, I'm telling you, that's an awful yeah. situation. Governor Patterson. Your Honor, which previous governor were you referring to? Not you, David. <laughs> not you. Not the one in the studio. That's the hasty political machine at work. They produce the judges, don't that, they, Your it's, Honor? It's absolutely awful because she had every right under the bail statute to hold him in, and she should have held him in. That's a failure on her part. Absolutely. Now, how tough is it and how frustrating is it for you, Chief Shell, when you hear this? You guys are trying to do your job. And I also have another question for you, Chief Shell. What's the latest with these thugs um, who were beating up the NYPD cops in Times Square? What's the latest with their status? Because a lot of them were on the bus. You remember, they were on the bus to California. And the one in Arizona. And and Arizona, too. How sad. So to to, to answer your first question, you know, it is, it is so hard. We put a lot of time, when I say we, uh, uniform cops, our detective bureau, to, to make these arrests, to get them to the DA's office, discovery challenges, get them joined. So it takes a lot of work, a lot of staffing hours with video canvas. And when you do all this work to affect the crime in the city and to get it lower and lower, to do all that work and have someone walk out the door, is it frustrating? You better believe it is. And I think you just said it. New York has had enough of this, and they need to be informed of what is going on so they can pull the lever and vote this garbage out. That's the bottom line. I have a job to do, and if I don't do it, I get roasted. 
So everyone's got a, a part in this. And if you don't play your part, we got to start calling it out. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not personal. It's business. And we're in the business of keeping this city safe. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that's it. Yep. And um, you are, and you're working hard doing it. Go ahead, chief. You know, and in, and in terms of, um, you know, the last couple of assaults in Times Square, namely the shooting, the police officer assault, and then you saw the assault with the sick, the, the, the boy got stabbed by 16 people. You know, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. The DAs work with us. And in this particular case, Alvin Bragg times three times now, he's got 14 or 15 indictments and in all these assaults. So I'm glad he, he's doing what he's doing. People are now sitting in Rikers where they belong when they commit violent crimes against our citizens. And this is where the system's working. So we got to just keep doing it one event, one crime at a time, putting the best case together, having the cops work and having the DA do their job, have the judge do their job. And quite frankly, like the mayor said the other night, violent criminals, no matter who you are, should go to jail. And if you happen to be a migrant, waiting for a chance to, for the American dream to be here, you commit a violent crime, then we expect the federal government to step in and remove you, and you fought for your right to the American dream. Enough is enough. We got to keep New Yorkers informed. Everyone's got to be informed so they can make informed decisions during the next election. Absolutely. By the way, I'm so glad you're saying that. And, and sadly, as you know, uh, the mayor took some heat from uh, progressives in the city council, but those who are on the streets understand how important it is for law and order. Bravo, Chief Shell. Great to have you here. Thank you so much. So I just have one request. Tell us, tell I, us. You want us I, to sing I to think, you or what? <laughs> I, I think I deserve a song. I heard a Texas song being played five minutes ago. <laughs> oh, wait, we got to come, where, up, where, with the, we gotta come up with a law and order song. Where's the NYPD Governor, song? Governor Patterson can pick the song if you like. Okay, Governor Patterson. What's a good law and order song? we got to think of a good law and order song. Joe Bolton from 50 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what's yeah. I what? could say all my all my exes live in Texas. I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> we could say that. But I don't know if we have time to talk about all the exes, but but uh, we will uh, come up with an NYPD song yes. that anybody from the NYPD comes on. We will play. It. Yeah, we have a good law and order. Yeah, Chief, you're great. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chief. Love all right, having guys, you. Have a great night. Good weekend. Thank you, all and Rita, you have Bye. some hot news? It's the top news of the day. Sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. And as you heard here at the top of Cats and Cosby, President Biden and former President Trump visited the U.S.-Mexico border today. Biden met with some Border Patrol agents and some other local leaders. He went to an area in Brownsville where there has not been a lot of crossings of late because of the razor wire put up by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Trump also visited the border. He went to the town of Eagle Pass. He delivered remarks with the Texas governor, who's doing a great and very tough job protecting his state and our country. Also in Texas, there's a big fire. The Smokehouse Creek Fire is continuing to burn. It is now the largest in the state's history and has grown to a size larger than the state of Rhode Island. And finally, before leaving the White House today, President Biden indicated he is no longer hopeful that a ceasefire agreement can be reached by Monday. He announced that while he was having ice cream with Seth Meyers in New York. 
What's, 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 what's right right behind the Michigan, Michigan primary? Yeah, right before the Michigan primary. That's a bit of coincidence. Yeah, isn't it interesting? And now he's backed off and saying there will not be one by Monday. Sadly, unfortunately, because we all wish there was peace, most importantly, between Israel and Gaza. But Israel says they still have a big job to do, and that's the important thing to eradicate Hamas. And everybody, those are your Goya top, top, top stories. And, John, you were in London. You didn't have Goya beans, did you? I did not have any Goya beans in London. Did you have Goya bean deprivation? I I certainly did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we missed you here, too. We're glad you're back. Thank you. Let's uh, take a break. Yep. And when we come back, we're going to be talking to Congressman Andrew Garbarino. And he is one of the managers for the potential impeachment of the guy who was with Biden today at the border, Mayorkas. Bruce Blakeman, we're going to find out what the heck is going on in In Nassau Nassau County. County. Hot stuff. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, at the border today, along with, as you know, former President Trump's in a separate section, a busier section, for sure. And President Biden conveniently went to an area that's basically an empty parking lot. And along with him is the head of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, who, of course, has been impeached. The question is, will he be removed? Because, of course, it's a Democratic-led Senate. But I say bravo for pushing the impeachment. And joining us is one of the folks who would be the impeachment managers. There's a number of them from the House. And one of them is our next guest who understands what's happening at the border all too well. New York Congressman Andrew Garbarino. Uh, Congressman, we're so glad you're here. And uh, first off, your thoughts of seeing Mayorkas and Biden today walking around like, yeah, no big deal. You know, it's, it's amazing uh, where they chose to go. I, I've been to the border several times. Uh, I've been to several ports of entry where I've actually witnessed uh, migrants crossing the rivers, walking over and and surrendering to Border Patrol because they know once they surrender under the, under the current policies, um, under Biden and Mayorkas, uh, they will be processed and within 24 hours they will be released into the country until their asylum hearing, which is years away. Uh, so it's, it's amazing. I've always seen it. I guess the president and the secretary decided to go to a, a, a section of the state of Texas uh, where they wouldn't see it or maybe they didn't want the news to cap- to capture people walking and crossing over uh, while they were doing their press conference. Um, you know, it's, it's just, it just shows again that the president is not taking this situation at the southern border, border seriously. You know, I, I was thinking earlier that Trump is there because he wants to be there. That's his big issue. And he even said if he comes back to the White House, that's number one. It's number one in all the polls right now across America, whether you're Republican, Democrat, independent. And I, on the flip side say that Biden is there because he has to be there. He's seeing the polls, and now it's an election year. Uh, to me, it looks so much like a dog and pony show, and the timing of this, it just seems so hollow. It's amazing. The borders are, our, our vice president still wasn't even there. It's uh, it, it does seem hollow. And the fact that uh, the president, President Biden, had the option today under current law to reinstate, uh, remain in Mexico, as well as, Stopping catch and release, which is are two of the biggest problems that we have going on, two the biggest uh, policy problems that we have going on right now. Um, the fact that they are not, uh, they have not uh, reinstated 
uh, remain in Mexico. And the fact that he did not uh, announce one of those or both of those just shows he's not serious about solving the problem. He talks about legislation, bipartisan legislation, and what we can do. Yes, there's stuff that we need to do to address uh, asylum. There's stuff we need to do to address about border patrol and make sure they're properly funded. But he has the ability right now to, to do remain in Mexico as well as stopping catch and release. And he continues uh, to flaunt the, the, what the law says. And so does Secretary Mayorkas. And that's why we impeached him. He's, he, you know, we are facing an invasion uh, at the southern border uh, from people and uh, from drugs. Uh, and it is, it is wreaking havoc in every state in the United States. Uh, Congressman, there must be people out there that, that are not going to believe what we're saying. Uh, Governor Patterson, what, what, what do you think? Uh, they, you think they, they blocked off uh, so many people crossing because President Biden is there? I think that the it's just not taken as seriously like the congressman said. Um, it, it's not like they don't see it. It's just it's not being taken as seriously. And I think that uh, my party is underestimating how many members of the public feel that way. Yeah, I think that's a good. By the way, I wanted to bring up to to exactly that point, guys. In Athens, Georgia, this is a case everybody's talking about of Lake and Riley, the Georgia nursing student who was murdered by an illegal migrant, came through New York, released, had a crime here, released, had a, a crime in Athens, Georgia, released, had a crime when he crossed the border. Yesterday, this was an amazing moment. Yesterday, the mayor of Athens, Georgia was asked, and he's clearly, uh, he's like, uh, progressive, progressive. He was making excuses almost for the migrant. A- and it was the most abominable, uh, press conference. The people in the audience, there were protesters. They said, shame on you. I've never seen a, an official shouted down so badly at a press conference because people have had it. And I don't know if the people in the audience were Democrats, Republicans, independents. They were just citizens well, listen, who care. Oh, really, you never came to any of my press conferences. I know you're right. <laughs> I, I, sh- I never would have shouted you down. You know that. We only want the truth. Yes, absolutely. Governor Hochul did the same thing when the, the, the two cops in Manhattan were beaten up, uh, you know, by those migrants. Somebody asked her if they should be deported. And she says, well, that's something we can look into. The answer is yes, they should be. They, they beat up two police officers. They committed a crime. They should be deported. Uh, Cox, they're, they're they, not creating, uh, um, you know. But she a, did a, eventually a, say they should be deported. But she it, didn't shouldn't say be, it, it shouldn't be a trick question. No, that, I, that's, I, that's the point. I understand. Uh, Andrew, Ed Cox, uh, the migrant issue is now a big issue, bigger than the economy. Crime's also a big issue. Crime and migrant issues are now merging. And the focus is going to be on those two as far as an election coming up. Would you agree with that? Well, yeah, I mean, border, it, absolutely, crime has always been an issue, uh, especially since the bail uh, bail laws were put into place in New York. It's always been an election issue in New York. You're now seeing it in, in other states because of the migrant issue. Um, I think it's also going to, you know, the, the border patrol, uh, the border as a whole, whether it's crime, whether it's the drugs, whether it's the cost on you know, the, uh, local uh, states and local governments, it's going It's it's going to be an election issue on on four or five different uh, little subsets. It's, it's, it, it, it is, that's why it's the number one issue on, on all the polls now. It is taking over and affecting 
uh, everybody's day-to-day lives. Yeah, it sure is. Sure. Well, I say bravo uh, that you're at least doing the impeachment, and let's see where it goes. You've already impeached him. He has that asterisk next to his name for history, and if anybody deserves it, it's Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, Congressman, thanks so much. Great to have you here. Thank you. Great to be on. Thank you Thank very you. much. And, John, now we have uh, Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman. Hey, guys. Hey, how are you? Uh, boy, we have a lot to talk with you about. Uh, John, take it away. Well, I mean, so many things are happening in Nassau County with the casino. First, the judge pulls the uh, ground lease. Tell You know, a lot of uh, New Yorkers don't understand what's going on. Can you give us a short story? Sure. Well, Hofstra University, uh, they were opposed to us uh, entering into an agreement with Las Vegas Sands to build a world-class hotel, a ho- uh, a uh, entertainment center, a world-class spa, and a casino. And uh, they went to court, and a judge nullified not only the agreement between Nassau County and Las Vegas Sands, and Las Vegas Sands wasn't even a party to the agreement, they also nullified the underlying ground lease. So um, it was a bizarre result. But we press forward. We're moving on. But the thing that's been the most distressing is that Hofstra University has not been transparent. Uh, they have not been truthful. Well, we uncovered an email that was sent uh, between Hofstra University's consultants and the Hard Rock Casino, which is a competitor of Las Vegas Sands, who wants to put a casino at City Field. And it looked like they were colluding. So... Our county legislature issued subpoenas, and they wanted a public hearing. They looked for documents, and lo and behold, they're colluding with each other. The uh, hard wow. rock, which is, yeah, so, I mean, we had a press conference today with uh, our union leaders who represent over 125,000 uh, union workers, and uh, it was uh, a very, very important uh, press conference that we had because, it now shows that Hofstra University was working together uh, with a competitor of Las Vegas Sands, which is against the rules. And uh, certainly uh, it's something that Hofstra University should not have done. But we're pressing forward. Uh, it's a $5 billion project. It'll create 8,000 construction jobs and thousands of permanent jobs. Uh, there will be a benefit to Nassau County of over $100 million a year, affecting almost every community in Nassau County. So my job is to uh, grow the economy, uh, create economic prosperity that will keep people's taxes down, and it will create jobs. So uh, I'm moving forward regardless of what happens. Governor Patterson, you were involved in certain aspects. Well, what I would say is this is sort of shocking news, but in addition to that, uh, Mr. County Executive, Hofstra University has started banning organizations that took any um, – donations from uh, the casino from their campus. There's a women's diversity group in Nassau County. They have a contract with Hofstra. Hofstra kicked them off the property, and now they're going to do their event at Nassau Coliseum. And every time the president is asked, she denies that these things are happening. And I have never said anything like this, but she is an inveterate liar. Wow. Wow. 
Wow. Breaking news. Yeah, I was going to say. Can we have a breaking news on Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Breaking news. WABC. Say that again. Say it again. An inveterate, compulsive liar. And who is this? This is the president? Yes, Susan Poser. You know, the governor. Governor, first of all, I've known you for years. We're in different parties, but we're friends, and I, I greatly respect you. You are one of the most prominent alums of Hofstra University, and I was told that they banned you from the campus. Is that true? They banned me from the campus because there was going to be a debate between three candidates for the New York State Senate since that seat is open, and when they found out my name was on it, they kicked it off because I work for the Sands, but that's my day job. I have a right, like every other American, to go out at night and uh, work with community groups, and that you know that's what they did. This woman came from the University of Illinois, I haven't, I think in Illinois, no woman did as much damage since Mrs. O'Leary's cow started the Chicago fire. Wait, I think we need a breaking <laughs> news breaking for that. News. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Mrs. O'Leary's. WABC. <laughs> All right, say it again, go. Mrs. O'Leary's cow started a fire, and it still wasn't as bad as this woman has, uh, has acted. And every time tell she. Tell me the gets, name of the woman so everybody knows it. Susan Poser. And, and she's going to run for what? Senate? No, she's the president of the she's university. She's president of Hofstra, Hofstra University. Hofstra. And uh, she has time and time again uh, performed this way, and even with emails completely uh, contradicting what she said. Wow. Oh, wow. Tell her tonight. I think she's talk. a nice lady. Bruce, you, you get, you're, you're the high-ranking guy right now. Last word, because we're going to take a hard break. Yeah, listen, I love Hofstra University. My father attended, my uncle attended, and I taught there. And I, I have to say that I, I agree with Governor Patterson. Susan Poser has been a disaster. She has no relationship with the surrounding community. She doesn't know any of the players. And uh, she is not somebody who is truthful. Wow. All right. Well, thank you, uh, Bruce Blakeman. We appreciate you being here. Gov Patterson, I don't know if we can play the breaking news more any more than your comments after that one. Thank you very, very much, guys. Keep us posted, Bruce, please. Will do. Thanks so much. Thank you very much. Wow, 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 guys. And after the break, uh, we're going to talk about some more craziness. We're going to talk with Judge Andrew Napolitano, uh, and he's going to say, what he thinks about Illinois, some traffic court judge, basically, kicking Trump now off the ballot there. Uh, where's the justice? It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And wow, lots of stuff on the legal front. Joining us now here on Cats and Cosby is Judge Andrew Napolitano. And, and Judge, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much stuff. But first on the Trump front, uh, now Illinois. And it's, by the way, I'm Illinois. sure you saw. Oh, yeah, sorry. you ready for this? Illinois. 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 It's a lot of noise here, by the way, in the studio. Whoa. But Illinois. Um, <laughs> Illinois has now disqualified Trump. And it turns out it's a judge. Who has basic, his background is, is in. She. 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 It's a she. she. She's a traffic court judge. Yeah, she's a traffic court judge. You can't make this up, Judge Napolitano. It's like, let's throw a dart. Okay. This is a judge obviously looking to curry favor with the electorate because Illinois, like New York, has elected judges. And she totally disregarded the fact that this entire issue is before the Supreme Court of the United States. So she's about to be embarrassed when the Supreme Court comes down with its decision, which will be next week. 
the chief justice said it'll come down by Tuesday, uh, March 5th. Wow. Uh, because of the need to print ballots. Ah, uh, that's going to be in. Now tell us about also your thoughts on Supreme Court. Uh, they will now hear the Trump immunity case. He says he's immune, uh, presidential immunity. That's a biggie because that certainly delays that case going up against him. And also the classified it, documents it delays, one, too. It delays the case, but I don't think it's going to remove the case. The chief justice, in order to get unanimity, has very, very shrewdly worded the issue before them. The issue before them, as uh, I'm, I'm reading it from the order that came out uh, yesterday, is a former president immune from prosecution after leaving office for official acts engaged in while in office? Well, the answer to that is yes, he is immune from prosecution after he leaves office for official acts engaged in. But the grand jury indicted Donald Trump for unofficial acts, for personal acts, for which Trump claims immunity, and that issue is not before the Supreme Court. It's a very, very shrewd way for the chief justice to tee this up without interfering with the trial. That's interesting. Judge Weinberg, your thoughts, because I see you chomping there. Judge, good to talk to you again. Uh, in my humble opinion, it's a factual question with respect to whether this was in the course and furtherance of his official duties. Just because you have a bad indictment that says it's not within the scope of his official duties, that's a different discussion. Was it or was it not in the course of furtherance of official duties? That I agree with you, Judge Weinberg, and that means because it's a factual issue where these official acts, whatever he did on January 6th and in the two weeks following, or were they acts personal and intended to further his uh, his candidacy, only a jury can decide these issues. So there's going well, to isn't be the jury 170 facts. million people? Say again? Isn't the jury 170 million people? On the political side, yes. On the legal side, it's the 12 that the two judge, the two lawyers and the judge pick. So I think there's going to be some fact-finding here. I think Jack Smith, regrettably, because I don't believe in this case, but I do think that Jack Smith is going to get his shot before a jury. The so, issue is, where, when will this be? Right, before and then it's smack, it could be right, by, right before the election. I mean, we're already in election season, right? Yes, yes. So, so Ed Cox here, the instructions to the jury will be the crucial part of the case, won't it? Just how yes. the judge words that. And yes. of course that will get appealed on itself, will it not? That's exactly right. Only only if there's a conviction would there be an appeal. But Trump will be able to get on the stand and say, I did this in my official behavior. They're gonna call all the people that were in the Oval Office, including the three that have already pleaded guilty in Georgia, to come and testify against them, and a jury will decide. And the judge will say, if you find this was an official act, or these were official acts, you must find him not guilty. If you find that these were not official acts, you will then go through the various charges against him. So the three that pleaded guilty in Georgia, is this double jeopardy if they if they really tell the truth? No, there's no double jeopardy because they're not exposed to any criminality in federal court unless they get on the witness stand and lie. But they have already agreed to testify against him in Georgia if there is a case in Georgia. And they have agreed to testify against him in D.C. to the same 
set of facts, John. Um, by the way, before I forget, tomorrow is potentially a big hearing in the Fannie Willis case. You brought up Georgia. Uh, you can't make this has been the wildest saga. Where do you see that going? And do you think she's going to get kicked off the other Georgia case? Of course, the big Rico case. I, I think he's going to give a decision tomorrow. I don't think he will kick her off, but I think she should resign. I think she is a disgrace as a person to represent the uh, the uh, people of Fulton County. And if she wants to save her legal career and, and maybe even her freedom, as well as her political career, you should get the hell off that case. Very well said, Judge. Very well said. Yeah, it was disgraceful. It was unbelievable. Well, uh, Judge Napolitano, uh, we love you. We appreciate having you here. When Thank you so much. coming over for the pizza? Oh, you got to come on Friday. 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 Your Honor, we got you. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come on Fridays. It, it's uh, what's who is it, John? You got to say it. We missed it. What? Yeah. No, 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 no. Pizza. The pizza. pizza. Anthony. Yay! There we go. You got to come Friday for Anthony's great pizza from Grimaldi's. Thanks, Judge. And got it. Bye bye. Well, I told him to come up with a new song, Georgia on My Mind. Oh, yeah, that oh, would be good for we'll, that. We'll play it tomorrow for Fanny Willis. What do you all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. way. And God save the king.